Welcome into this week's edition of On the Spot. I'm Tony Mulvey. Going to talk macroeconomy, so why not bring in our chief economist, Anthony Smith. Anthony, it's going to be a triple dose of macroeconomy for you. You've got On the Spot, we'll have Economy Lately, and then we'll have Freightonomics coming up at noon. It doesn't so stop. It, it doesn't stop, <laughs> and that's because the macroeconomy doesn't stop. And really, the broad topic today is, is the consumer in a liquidity crunch or is a liquidity cr- crunch on the horizon because I was looking at this chart that we'll pull up right here. It's delinquency rates on credit cards and the Fed funds rate, and it goes back to 1991. So we've pulled this thing as far back as the delinquency rate data goes. And what you see is when the Fed aggressively raises interest rates, eventually it causes a rapid rise in delinquency rates. Most notably, twenty or two thousand eight into two thousand nine. But even you look back at ninety three, ninety four, you see a rapid increase, followed by a rapid increase. It's just on a little bit of a lag. Delinquency rates are reported quarterly, right? So it's not as often as we see the Fed funds rate or some of the credit reporting data. But you look at this, we we've started to see an increase. Obviously, still near record lows. What happens when you look at this where we see that aggressive increase in interest rates and delinquency rates just now starting to increase? So, Tony, the first thing I see here is something that happened um, back in 2009. We see this significant drop in the Fed fund rate. And one of the big things that we kind of talked to, of course, of what's going on now in the macro economy is the outcome of what happened throughout the pandemic, stimulus packages deployed, money supply just going through the roof. And of course, that was a huge contributor to it. But really, a lot of the issues that we're seeing right now started back in 2009 when we see those low interest rates, historically low interest rates. And what happened was is that the U.S. economy became essentially addicted to those low interest rates in that low interest rate environment. The way business was conducted completely shifted. The way investments were, were made was completely shifted as well. And even consumerism has shifted as well. I mean, and we were looking at, uh, we're, we're going to talk on, of course, credit card and things like that a little bit later on. But this is a different environment that we saw historically. Um, you, you can see historically, you know, in the 90s, even if we were a little bit further back in the 80s, interest rates would hover a little bit higher. This is a completely different environment. So this is going to be a, a bigger shock to the system because this is something that the American economy has not been accustomed to in so long. And so when I look at this, I see that long period of historically low and I mean, yeah, I think you're a different environment here. Interest rates at 25 basis points for what is that? Years and years. I mean, and they were even that way during the pandemic. We were in this, you were starting to see interest rates rise back, what, 2016, moving higher. But I mean, they never really got, I mean, they get to what, two and a quarter percent. So not, it's about half of where they are right now. Then you see this aggressive increase. I mean, it's arguably as aggressive as what we saw leading in to 2008. Now, historically, they're right in kind of line with where we were prior to 2008, right? But like you mentioned, this is where people have gotten used to. And we'll move on to the next chart. And we're going to look at what's going on on the credit side because consumers are taking on this revolving credit, so spending on their credit cards at a rate that is faster than any time in the last, I mean, it's the same time frame that we're looking at back early 90s through now. They're spending, they're taking on more debt at a faster rate with aggressively higher interest rates. Ultimately, that comes at a, 
it's going to come at a price at some point. It's just a matter of when's that going to be when the consumer kind of realizes, hey, I've overextended myself and now I can't make payments. I think that's going to happen exactly when the job market shifts because a lot of folks are going to be able to go paycheck to paycheck. And some people are going beyond paycheck to paycheck, not that they're saving more, but they're spending more than paycheck to paycheck. And they're being able to put it on a little bit of a back burner with buy now, pay later or pay over time programs, which can be say, hey, you know what? This is at no additional charge, but wait until you miss a payment. Now there's exponential charges and 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 fees put on top of that. So these buy now, pay later are going to be a big gray cloud hanging all over a lot of people's heads if there is a sudden shift and when there is a sudden shift in the job market. And we're thinking about the job market, this is going to be a lot different than we saw pre-pandemic because people have been just struggling to source labor. They're going to be in this mindset that, hey, I spent so much time trying to get labor that I don't want to furlough or lay off people off because I want to be back in that position as I was throughout the pandemic when I laid people off so uh, early and so quickly. The other big thing here is that we're looking at, of course, revolving credit is a big thing. Tony, we talk about it all the time. Of course, student loans, that's a bucket that's been kicked down the road uh, or time that's been kicked down the road a little bit. Uh, and so that's going to come to fruition at some point in time. And non-revolving debt as well. You're thinking about those folks that took out car loans um, throughout the pandemic, paying well above sticker. They're going to be um, upside down in some vehicles. Mm-hmm. And of course, those that have been potentially paying premium on homes that may not have been that value that was at the very end of that rise that we saw in the single-family housing starts. Yeah, so it's one of those things, we'll bring up the employment chart just to kind of show it. You can see the the layoffs really impacted here with the employment number overall right at the beginning of the pandemic. We climbed out of that, but we've seen job openings start to decline, right? We've talked about it. There was basically two, I looked at it in October, right? There were two jobs for every unemployed person in the country that's down down to 1.6. Is that a trend? We've got about 30 seconds. Was that a trend that you expect to continue, that that number continues to fall? Because hiring practices seem to be slowing. And and are consumers going to have to take on a second job to basically cover off the debt that they've taken on? I think so. And especially when we look at the mismatch, the amount of jobs that are open, service, hospitality, a lot of jobs that we're losing, um, overly inflated, um, some white collar Silicon Valley type jobs. So definitely a mismatch there. And I think we'll continue to see an easing here. Absolutely. Well, Anthony, thank you for joining me on this week's On the Spot. Right now, we'll take a quick break. We'll be back with more Freight Waves now. 